Good afternoon, morning, whenever you are listening to us. Um, episode eight. Episode eight. Yes. Uh, thanks very much for listening to the Professional Insights uh, um, podcast. Uh, I'm Brandon Curry. Josh Bond. Jeff Collins. And Trevor Lindy. Um, please like us, share us, subscribe. Lindy, how do you do that? We've got iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. I have been looking into that app, though, Anchor. Oh, yeah? You, uh, yeah. Blackberry, Blackberry app, or...? No, no, just, no, 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 not not. A, it's a, an actual podcast app well, and, yeah, and platform. It's pretty there, cool. Okay. Uh, have been looking into that, so might uh, might step away from SoundCloud and move us over to Anchor. Okay, so cool. not going to affect any of our listeners no, as long as they subscribe through their iTunes or their Google Play Store. And that's um, that's your department. I don't know how. That, yeah, <laughs> I don't even know how that works. It's like um, so um, yeah, a couple questions came in uh, about just basically the. The proper way to to purchase and to like a yeah, purchase spring market and all that makes sense. Yeah, Everybody's so Jeff, you wanna right you wanna touch on that? Yeah, I think the best way to kind of uh, the terminology for it is the, the purchasing pathway, and and I think what most buyers do these days, and it's very typical, they just start getting that itch and they start looking at Realtor.ca or MLS.ca or a lot of people are just on Facebook because there's so many realtors that kind of share on there because it's their sphere of influence. Um, but the most common things I find are that people start going to open houses. And that's where they get the itch and you know they love this house they love that house and i think the biggest problem is that they don't have the proper parameters set up for what they can afford or what they should be spending and the purchasing pathway kind of has 10 different points and for me the the most important part is the initial appointment it's just to sit down where people often give me clients through referrals and just to let you know we'll talk about this in another one the best way to refer someone is to actually give the person the information who you're referring to so don't say, here's the card, give them a call. It never happens. Give that person you want to refer to me for the instance. Here's the information, and then I'll call them. And what I want to do is really get an initial appointment through a coffee, a, a beer sometimes, you know, an iced cappuccino. doesn't matter to make it very casual. And we just kind of talk about what you want to accomplish. If it's something you want to go just shopping to see what kind of, you know, art people have in the houses, that's a different thing. But if you're really thinking this house isn't big enough for us or it's too small or we want to change to a place closer to our work, that initial appointment's very important. Well, it also makes sure that if there's a fit between the two of you, right? Like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. It's about relationships. It's about relationship. Yeah, it's building a relationship. And believe me, there's there's people that you can clash with in any kind of business. And if you're not working good, I like to say if the courtship's not good, the marriage isn't getting any better. So, you know, just kind of part ways and, and work with someone that works with you. And it's personality clashes sometimes. But most often than not, you know, as long as you explain and you listen, then you guys can work together and have a common goal. Um, the second step, I think, is the most important step. So when someone says, I want to buy, first thing I do is send them to my boy, Trevor, and Trevor will investigate what they need to do to get to get approved. And you can talk Absolutely. a little bit more well, about that, Well, there's still a vast majority, Trevor, of people who go like house hunting and shot and they haven't even gotten they have route. no idea they're they're playing <clears throat> around on realtor.ca one of the things that i really see a lot of is where people have uh you know played around on realtor.ca they see what they're actually paying in rent and determining and budgeting what they can afford based on that not really taking into account stress test or anything else that goes along with you know what they are actually going to be able to afford and the stress test right now is, oh. is making it very difficult for buying because oh, before yeah. you could afford a lot more and financing deals are going up, you know, falling apart all the time right now. So don't assume you can afford a certain price range because last year you were approved. This year might be completely different. Well, so the overnight lending rate, just for everyone to know, that we are sitting at uh, what day is it? Today? May twenty seventh. 
Um, We're May twenty seventh yeah, right so now. Yeah, right lending rate right now. Benchmark for <clears throat> benchmark is up to five thirty four as okay. of today's date. Yeah, and now is there a stress test on top of that at five thirty four? No, so the five thirty four interest rate is the is actual the stress, stress test rate. Okay. Or if you are twenty percent down or more, uh, and you are choosing to take, say, as an example, a five year fix three point seven four as of today's date, it will your qualifying rate will actually be five point seven four percent. Yeah, and an example that worked right now, I had a, a listing for sale and the agent brought someone who was approved early last year and they were approved at $500,000. They put it in, assumed that they were approved properly. The financing fell apart because now they could only afford three eighty, and they thought that their parent could co-sign and he wasn't a qualified candidate for it. So it's important to have a current pre-approval in place, not just one that happened last year. Don't assume what you had last year will work this and year. And how long does a pre-approval last for? Depending on the institution, you're looking 90 to 120 days. Max. So yeah, we're maximum four months. Max. Yeah, you're you're three to, to four months maximum on your pre-approval. Uh, that being said, though, don't uh, you know at the end of that time period, if you know you're not having much success, do you need to initiate a brand new pre-approval as soon as that happens? I always say to clients, no. It depends on where interest rates are going. But more importantly as well, when you're doing your pre-approval and you're going through the process, I've had clients where they were pre-approved at 5.14, five-year benchmark. And all of a sudden, we get an announcement a few weeks ago that it's going to 5.34. I had to pick up the phone and call pretty much every one of those pre-approvals and have that conversation with them of what that 0.2% or 20 basis points actually did impacting them over and a pre-approval, just for everyone to like, you know, in layman's terms, you're basically, it's like it's 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 a credit card, like like the bank saying, "Okay, this is your max. This is what you can go and buy," and it's secured for a hundred anywhere from ninety to one hundred and twenty well, days. And I think, and not to get back off track, but I think it's a good good conversation to have here. There's different kinds of pre-approval because you see one that's advertised all the time. I think it's RBC and says sixty seconds will oh, be yeah. approved. Pre-qualify. And yeah. as a as a mortgage expert, I find that. As an agent, I find it hard to believe because there's a lot more going into a pre-approval to get a proper one so that when I go to buy and I'm in multiple offers, I feel secure telling the listing agent, yeah, we have Absolutely. a solid qualified buyer here. Because yeah. right now, financing is the biggest mm-hmm. trouble I'd say in real estate. But now, would you approve uh, a lender to waive a condition for financing on a pre-approval period? So, okay, I'll take a step back. The pre-qualified versus pre-approval uh, you may make 30, 50, 75, whatever amount of money annually. And you punch that into, into the calculator. I had a situation on Friday night where the clients, uh, were working two jobs Well, they're not working the second job anymore, but they were trying to use, and if they were punching their numbers into pre-qualifications like that RBC calculator, obviously their numbers are going to be very, very much skewed. Uh, now in respect to, uh, your question, um, sorry, just in terms of waiving your financing condition. So the financing condition, when it comes down from pre-approval to live deal, I will never advise I shouldn't say that. There is one instance where I will advise a client that it is okay to waive their condition of financing, and it's if they have cash. If they have cash or credit available to them, so if they already have a line of credit established on a property, uh, and they are walking in and know full well that if I cannot get financing approved for them, they still have a backup plan to close this transaction, not get themselves sued, then that is the only instance that me personally as a professional 
will give that and advice. And by cash, you don't mean under the mattress either, right? That's in a bank account that you can prove it's been there, right? Yeah, it's going to be pretty hard to, <laughs> yeah, under any money laundering laws if you've got cash so, in a mattress. So for me, and me and Trevor worked together for quite a few uh, years here. When someone removes the financing, my first question is, are you approved 100%? Can I waive? Then I ask their mortgage expert, can they waive? And I make sure it's in an email just to cover my butt to say he has said it's proved and trevor always sends that to me because it just covered it's a cya clause i think yeah. it's important yeah for you it. guys do that but i, I don't <clears throat> I, I would suggest that i don't know if that's a, the industry standard it definitely no, 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 practice. no without a doubt and a lot of deals fall apart and deals fall apart more than they ever have because yeah. there's poor practices out there and, and the scary part is when people get <clears> their <throat> mortgage commitment whether it be at a pre-approval level a stage or a uh, an actual approved stage it is still conditional. And, uh, you know, a private group that I'm part of on Facebook, there's actually a broker out there that went out and bought himself a stamp that says conditional <laughs> just to stamp it on the top of every one of his commitments. Because at the end of the Smart. day, hey, we've got, you know, five, 10, 12 conditions that we have to satisfy on that actual commitment before it firms up. And it could be, I guess, broker or legal conditions, right? Absolutely. Well, and in most... Uh, in most commitments that come across my desk from an institution, they will actually separate what the solicitor conditions are going to be in comparison to what my conditions are. Okay, to get back on track here, the 10 points. First one's initial appointment with the realtor, sit down, have a nice coffee. Second one, I always put acquire a proper pre-approval. Trevor Lindy's your guy. The third one, I'd say determine the purchasing parameters. And that's when you determine, you know, it's kind of a process of elimination. Do you want to live in, for example, Welland or St. Catharines or, or is Thorold good in the middle? So if you think no matter what, St. Catharines, don't look at Welland, you know, find so what's out. your like spec sheet? Your spec sheet, you know, yeah. it, it's as a realtor, a licensed realtor, we have a, a, a search parameters that we set. So as soon as it lists, it'll automatically send to you. So, for example, if you're an empty nester and you say I no longer want to, you know, have big stairs or two story, which is very common, you don't start searching two stories, you know, your bungalows, side splits, back splits, stuff like that. Okay, so after that, and, and another key fact here is you don't just go right to the top of your pre-approval. It's what you feel comfortable spending monthly. And Trevor would talk to you about that too. But then you start viewing homes. And I think the important part with viewing homes is you probably shouldn't buy the first one you look at because you need to understand the market value too. And it's no offense to mom and dad who always come in for the second viewing. A lot of times they haven't bought a house in 20, 30 years. And when they did, they paid dollars $50,000 for the house now they're coming to look at the house and they always think it's overpriced. It's not to say that, but for you to understand the market, the more you look at houses, the more you'll understand what is actually available out there. And that happened to, to my <clears throat> wife and I. I mean, like when we first initiated, because I'm born and raised in Niagara, so we remember the good old days uh, of, of, you know, relative, affordable housing. Affordable housing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we got approved for, uh, you know, through Trevor for a pre approval. And when we started looking, um, it was amazing on how much, what you got for that. Yeah. that amount of money yeah. and we looked for six months and we ended up building but uh it, it is shocking to your point Jeff. and really it, it's eye-opening when you start going out there and you're looking at houses because you you get to understand what you can afford doesn't mean they will sell at that price but then when you start looking at them and you see which ones are selling it's starting to develop an idea of what the market value is and i think it's a very important part when you're trying to buy a house so often i have a client say i want to buy this house and i say well what else can you get for that is that what you should be buying Let's look at five or six, you know, and then if it is the right one, sure, go back to it and buy it. And it's tough in a very busy market because you have to, you know, jump on it right away. Like last year was so crazy. You had to buy with no inspection, no financing. 
you know, well, I'm which sure is funny, but it because I mean, it was great for Josh because yeah. he had all kinds of lawsuits and stuff like that. But but I mean, normally nuts. your advice is, I mean, it's a large purchase. Don't rush into it. It's the biggest right? purchase of your life. And what do people do? They look at a house for 15 minutes and they buy it and and bada bing, bada boom. You know, yeah. you, you can't really do that. You know, let's have a proper plan there. So viewing houses is very important and it helps you develop the market value of it. So you know what you're getting is the right one. And that way, when you go in there, you'll say, this is it. And you might not always get it because in a busy market, you lose a couple of those too. But past viewing houses, what you want to do is when you finally find that house, you got to make that offer. And making the offer can be stressful. And, and many times, especially in the most recent market, you'd, you'd lose the deal. You know, And it's very fun because you lose the deal because you had to go in with financing, which is smart. But last year, you couldn't go in with financing in many cases. Or inspection. Inspection was a myth for about six months. You know, House inspectors were coming around saying, I will... You know, do it for hundred dollars to go through a house before it, so you had some kind of look for it. It was it was crazy. Yeah, you get a pre-inspection, right? Yeah. yeah, but but you know, it, it all depends on the leverage. I mean, where the sellers had full leverage, which was a full seller's market last year, you know, you could have a foot of water in the basement. People thought it was the best house they've ever seen because they didn't think they could afford to live in Niagara anymore. You know, and now it's gone back to a, a closer to a balanced market. Uh, so now there is negotiation, there is due diligence, which I think is very important on it too. Makes so, everybody feel comfortable. Yeah, due diligence yeah. makes the agent feel comfortable. It's a little weird going back to the fact you have to have the house inspections and deal with that, and that's a whole different podcast. Mm-hmm. But let's just assume you get an offer accepted. In a typical market, you will have conditions. And the most common conditions you see would be the house inspection, which we'll do another podcast on, the financing condition, which is super important and because it's and, and you can kind of talk to this too. It's not just about being pre approved and qualifying for that. Now the house also the house. has to, to Absolutely. be approved. And maybe you can talk a bit about that too, because people assume I'm approved, no problem. Yeah, you know, when it comes down to it, a pre-approval, we're only looking at part of the equation. We don't have the subject property. Yep. Uh, as an example, we can talk about a, um, a vacation property, something on the water. Uh, you know, I see that a lot. People just think, you know, especially this time of year, they get the bug that, you know, cottaging is is starting to happen, you know, over May 2, 4, long weekend, going, you know, friends, family, whatever it is. Now you're out there and you get the bug. But you know, is there a well or a cistern on the property or is the water coming from the lake? Obviously that's going to, uh, to make an impact and, and that will very much limit. So that's, uh, you know, the property is just as important. It's, it's part of the five C's. It's the, the security. Cl- right? It's the collateral. It's the, absolutely. It's, it's what yeah, the, so, the so lender really it's protection from the lender for the buyer saying, yeah, we do believe the value's there. And mm-hmm. that was a, a hot topic last year too, with appraisals. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of times houses would go, 20, 40, 50, 80, 100,000 over list, and not necessarily were you able to get the financing for that. So if you're trying to buy a $500,000 house and you had to bid 600000 to get it, and then the bank goes to appraise and says, we only think it's worth five twenty, you'd have to kick in the extra 80000 above and beyond plus your down payment of it. Or Absolutely. try and get a second... Secondary finance. Yeah, and secondary finance yeah. can cost a lot more money. And, and, you know, times were different, yeah. you know, before the, the new rules that came into effect <clears> this year, the B20 rules, uh, that you had that. And and you had that happen a couple times last year, uh, Trevor, right? Remember when yeah. in the crazy uh, Well, Jeff and I had a couple purchases where, yeah, they, they the fell apart. No. Yeah, and, well, the appraisal, you know, took... Uh, Basically had the deal fall apart, but I can honestly tell you from a purchasing perspective, we won't get into yeah, you know the appraiser no, and <laughs> no that that'll one. never make an episode the appraiser and, and well we won't say his and name and those issues, but uh, you know I I can thankfully say I haven't had a deal fall apart because of an appraisal since probably March or April of 2017. Uh, the only time I have values coming in less is if it's a refi, right? Not on an actual purchase. Right. So 
Okay, so number five is you write the contract or get the offer accepted. Once an offer is accepted, and this is an important part, and Josh, you can talk about it, there must be a deposit made. Okay, there's got to be consideration on both parties here. And the deposits are getting higher and higher and higher in Niagara. And the reason they're getting higher and higher is because there are deals that aren't closing. And when they're not closing, sometimes the deposit's the main protection for the seller. And if they have carrying costs, usually you can get that deposit. And you can talk about that a bit more, Josh. No, I mean, I'm going through it right now with a transaction that, uh, you know, has uh, <coughs> purchasers. It's really, really ugly transaction because uh, for, for our port of clients because they've sold their house to buy. So now because the, the purchasers of their property are defaulting under their contract, they're put in an awkward position for the contract for their, their subsequent purchase. Right. So it's. Yeah. So so it's very important. And we have one of the better brokerages I work for, Royal LePage NRC Realty. And they recommend a higher deposit, especially for out of town buyers, because a lot of times they will almost tempt the sellers with litigation and say, come after us to get the money back. And if you have a deposit of 10, 20, 30, 40 thousand dollars, at least you've got some kind of protection. It doesn't mean you automatically get the mother the money either. It's held in trust. But there is protection there for the sellers for carrying costs and, and, and you know, anything else like that. So. Yeah, and, and from a legal perspective, um, they say, generally speaking... Uh, 3 to 5% for deposit. Up to 10%, yeah. up to 10% yeah. right? Up to 10% <clears throat> could be recognized as reasonably forfeitable. In the and and the crazy that. thing is, for the longest time in Niagara, deposits were one or $2,000. They were just a second thought. But now, because you have to protect your sellers... Those deposits are, are higher and higher, and, and I don't think it's a bad thing because typically you have to put five percent down anyways. So if you can't put a bigger deposit, that's you know three to five percent. Do you really have the money to close on the house? So you know it's a big indication from a financing point of view too. Um, after you have the deposit put in, which should be done within twenty four hours, and now some of our our contracts are being put that if the, the deposit doesn't come in within a certain amount of times it makes the contract null and void because people are having scams out there and tying up all kinds of properties because they don't bring the deposit. And if you don't bring the deposit, it doesn't mean you get an automatic mutual release. No. So it's very important that you can put time parameters on some you know, shady type of deals that you're not sure about. So get those deposits in. But once the deposit's put in there, you have a due diligence period where there's tons and tons of conditions. But the most important ones, the most common ones would be financing, House inspection, which I think is very important, and some people don't like doing that, but at least it gives you a manual or a Bible on the property. And it doesn't mean it's 100% what they're telling you. They might say, well, I'm not sure about this. Get get further investigation. And, and then insurance is a big one, too. But even with your home inspector, there's a variety of home inspectors, yeah. right? You've got your, your budget home inspectors that will just come in and, you know, spend a half an hour, an hour and, and, and you've also got inspectors that will, you know, overinflate the importance of certain small things like, a, you know, it's an S-trap and not a P-trap and really it's a $10 fix or, you know, sometimes you have mice that come in the house and it's not the end of the world because they get in anywhere. But there's all these things that have to be satisfied. So but you should trust your realtor, you know, to trust your realtor to know that he has the right inspector for you. And every person will have a different type of inspector that might work with them. But the due diligence period can be anywhere from five to 25 days, really just depends on the type of property you get. In Niagara, for a typical residential house, you're usually seven to 10 days to get it done. So it gives you the opportunity to make sure you're completely confident in buying this property. If you're not, and the contract's done upright, which is very important, you should be able to walk from the deal and get your full deposit back without any repercussions. Correct. Okay, so once you have satisfied and waive your conditions, then you have a firm and binding deal. 
Okay, and the next step really comes up to the lawyer where he has to execute the closing documents, do title searches, which are important. And title searches will be done you know, within five to seven days before closing. And you can tell the importance about that too, Bondo. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's huge. I mean, there's two, two huge searches that we do. We search the property to make sure that there's not encumbrances or liens or mortgages. And, and if there is something that we don't like or the bank wouldn't like or the insurers wouldn't like, then we requisition it off from the other side. So that's the requisition date, correct. they call it, in, in yep. the standard agreement of purchase and sale. Yep. So that's that's the lawyer requisitioning the other lawyer to take care of something before the transaction could uh, go through. The other one is an execution search where we search the individual's names just to make sure there's no judgments or... Yeah, and, and just a quick example, that. last year I had a deal where it was closing and it was a title search and it was a husband and wife who were splitting, the wife was buying a house in Niagara Falls and the title search brought up a fact there was a $100,000 lien on her property in, in Stony Creek, and she did not have the funds to close. So five days before closing, they decided to walk on the deal, and it became a litigation and, and all kinds of fun stuff for the lawyers. And, and you know, it, it was unfortunate, but that's the importance of the title search. And it, it all worked out in the end, but it was scary. And then the final step is actually possession day. And don't be those people who 8 o'clock in the morning are waiting for the keys at the lawyer's office. It doesn't work that way. Everything has to be closed where the money's sent to the other lawyer. The lawyers close the transactions. Everybody's happy. Once it is, I find you typically get the keys somewhere between 2 and 5 o'clock. So usually, usually. Yeah. Expect to get the keys. And, and there's another tip there, too. And you, lawyers will love you if you do it. Don't typically try to close on a Friday or, or the last day just before a long weekend. Because if it doesn't happen and something comes up and the lawyer's there to protect you, you might not be able to close on the Saturday, the Sunday, or the Monday. So if you can, maybe try to do it on Thursday. And you know, yep. Josh will love you. Leave a leave a buffer day, but I mean, it's yeah. So those it's are both the practical. yeah. Those are the ten steps when you're buying a house. So it's not as easy as you think, and uh, that's about it. Perfect. Well, uh, thanks for that. Keep the questions coming, everybody. Please uh, tweet, share, uh, and how do you do that, Lindy? Again iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Uh, thanks very much. Keep and the questions coming. Thank you. Out. Ciao. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.